This is Two Minutes About Time with Luke Allen and Robert E.G. Black, the podcast that takes a look at the film About Time, two minutes at a time. I am Richard Curtis, and I hope you enjoy it. And if you don't, well, you can just travel back in time two minutes and listen to something else. I'm one of your hosts, Luke Allen. I'm joined, as always, with my co-host, Robert E.G. Black. Hello. And our guest for this week, Joshua Griffiths. Hello. This minute involves the continuation of the Friday I'm in Love montage in the Cape Moss Museum. Uh, now Tim has got Kit Kat with him. And she's wearing purple. Yeah, it, I did find out since in the commentary that it said in the script that everything she wears is purple. So that makes sense. I like how Tim does respond to when she talks about the cat, which we'll get to in a second. I was surprised to how much dialogue we get through in this minute. Mm-hmm. I, should I just read all the dialogue out in... Yeah. Yeah. Well, the visual is basically the same. It's Kit Kat's talking and energetic, and Tim doesn't look at her until he wants coffee. Since you don't know who Kit Kat is, Joshua... Yeah, who's Kit Kat? <laughs> I imagined it was almost like a school friend that he's known for years. Yeah, Kit Kat is his sister. Okay, um, I didn't get that. He's definitely known her for years. <laughs> Indeed. <laughs> I got that bit. But yeah, their, their brother-sister relationship is very different to... <laughs> what you normally get. Difference, probably the uh, the best way to describe it. Well, yeah, their first scene together, she laid on top of him in bed. <laughs> so, they're a bit strange. Oh, wow. Yeah, she woke him up by laying on him. She does have shoes on in this scene, but they're purple. Of course they are. But it's it's good that she's made an effort. Yeah. Can we talk about what on earth Tim has told Kit Kat in this scene? <laughs> like, can you keep... Because she, cause she doesn't know he can time travel. So, he's met this no. girl before... And now he's sat there waiting for her. She knows he's waiting for someone. What on earth has he told her? Something like he told the guy at the restaurant. Like, he saw, met a girl at a restaurant, and he's trying to find her. He's got to make it come across romantic more than stalkerish. Well, we could look at Joshua's interpretation and say that yeah. he tells her he delete uh, number was accidentally deleted off his phone. Yeah. Which is better. So, thanks for keeping me company, Kitty. It was a Kittle. Kittle. Kittle, that's right. Do we hear him call her that at any other point in the film? I think this might be the only time. It's just weird, because Kit Kat is a nickname anyway, that he's now, like, making a nickname out of the nickname. Yep. Like, eventually there'll be nothing of Katie left. Well, when he introduced her, he already gave her three nicknames. That's true. Oh, he calls her Kittle Kettle at one point. Mm. I like that. It sounds a bit like Tittle Tattle. Uh, that's not... Is that a thing? That rings a bell. Or have I just <laughs> said something that rhymes with it that isn't the phrase? I know Fiddle Faddle, which is a like a caramel popcorn snack thing. Uh, apparently Tittle Tattle is casual conversation about other people, typically involving details that are not confirmed but as true. So it's oh, gossip. That fits here. Yes, yeah, so. Thanks for me company, Kittle. Nothing better to do. How's Jimmy? Dump me. Oh, not again. So this already expresses like the relationship with her and Jimmy then. Or, well, or, hang on, is it not again as in just boyfriends in general, or is it not again as in Jimmy again? Because obviously she's with him later on. I'm guessing Jimmy again, because their relationship's problematic, but could be either. Unless somehow when Tim goes back in time again later on, he manages to undo Jimmy dumping her. No, no, we're not there yet. Oh, indeed. Oh yeah, spoilers, Joshua, he goes back in time again at some point in the film. <laughs> no, no way. <laughs> didn't know that. <laughs> I prefer time travel to be singular. It happened just once. 
<laughs> and have no relevance to the rest of the plot. Right. Just like Tommy Wiseau's uh, flying car. <laughs> yes. So, uh, and work. And work. They've sacked me. Idiots. Coffee? Please. That's where he finally looks at her. Yeah. So, I mean, so he he says coffee. So the the implication here is he's asking, so he's going off to get the coffee, and thus he's I, losing I, his mark. I assume he's trying to get her to go get coffee. He's not going to leave. He's got to stay there. That's what I was thinking. If he's there all day, yeah, does he bring a pat lunch with him? Like, does he hold off going to the toilet? Like, there are questions here. <sighs> he just asks the, the, the security guard, keep a lookout. For, for... Well, I assume it takes a while to look at the whole exhibit, so he can go to the bathroom and then come back as long as he looks in all the little alcoves as he walks back to his bench. Sense. And I believe the whole exhibit, although it's the pictures from the exhibit, they did get the art department to rebuild it as a set, and they were all really impressed as to how good it looked. Oh, I figured it was the real exhibit, because there was one in 2012. No, they just borrowed pictures from it, apparently. Huh. It does question why they didn't just use the real exhibit. Which means their placement of photos we see up close is deliberate. So he is supposed to be sitting in front of a cat, and he is supposed to meet Mary in front of a nude. Yeah, and Richard Curtis was supposed to lose that PG-13. Yeah. So everything's deliberate. Got it. It is just so weird that that's quite possibly one of the main reasons why the 12th certificate it's got in the UK is an R in the States because of a picture in the background of a scene. Well, that picture's in the in this shot for a little while. It's not like he just walks past it and moves on. Several seconds. Yeah. And they talk about sex later, so. We don't like that in America. <laughs> Surely you have got worse things at rated PG-13, though. Probably. <laughs> I think we've talked a lot about age ratings over the show anyway, so. Yeah. I'm sure it'll come up again. So, yeah, so she's. I've only just noticed this cat in the picture. See that cat? Actually, before I say that. Apparently the editor really hated this cut to them with coffee. It is weird because it's they're still they're in the same position just later. Yeah, it's a pointless cut, really. Like surely they could have just had like a, a close up or something. Or stay in the same position and then had them with the coffee. Yeah. Change change the Well, it does go wider, but it's still basically the same. Even the guy at the one end of the bench is, was already there, and he's still there. I don't mind it too much, but yeah. So, I've only just noticed this cat in the picture. See that cat? I do see that cat. Very good. I mean, she she says that as though Tim, having sat there all weekend, will not have noticed the cat. Well, she might not realize how long he's been sitting there. And then Mary walks forward towards him. Yeah. And I do like how how we don't get, like, it's not like a big reveal of her walking up either. Like... No, not at first. Like, we see her from sort of a side profile, so... If they hadn't drawn attention to her hair, we might not even notice it's her. So he realises, and she's like, what? It's her. It's her. That's her. Shh. And then she says, you go, girl. <laughs> <laughs> yeah such a good delivery <laughs> and actually do you get 
do we, I'm, I'm trying to think. Does uh, yeah, we get like one line of Mary here, don't we? So Joshua, at this point, assuming you watched these minutes before the bonus minute, this was your first time seeing Mary as a character, right? It was, yeah. And I think one thing we talked about before is so what? So obviously, Rachel McAdams is a very well-known actress. What's the sort of first thing you think of when you think of Rachel McAdams? Oh, pretty comes to mind. To be fair, but um, I think she's a great actress because I think she can portray any role. Yeah, and if you compare like this role to, I just forgot her character's name from Mean Girls, but oh no, Mean Girls character as well. It's the oh. It was like I was thinking it until you said you'd forgotten it. Her character in Mean Girls and her character in Disobedience, they are very different people. Joshua, you're a theatre person. Obviously, there's a Mean Girls musical. Do you know the name of her character in Mean Girls? Regina. Sorry, I looked it up. (laughs) Well, this is the character I think of now when I think Rachel McAdams, and I think this was... I've seen her in other things, but this was the first thing where I was sort of aware that it was Rachel McAdams. So I probably watched this film sort of around the time that I started actually taking notice to cast a lot more. And yeah, I like how she looks at the picture and she just walks straight off, so he has to go off and follow her. And it's, yeah, it's, I mean, we get a lot more of this we'll discuss next week. The fact that he, you know, he's not used to the rules of time travel yet. He doesn't know that she has no idea who he is. And he's, even if he thinks she knows him, he is so weird tapping her on the back like he does. Because he doesn't just, like, touch her shoulder, you know, like you might be to get someone's attention. He, like, touches over and over on her back. Like, stop it. Yeah. I wanted her to, like, turn and run away, because that's creepy. Yeah, it is. It's kind of weird later on that she actually stays talking to him. Yeah. And he doesn't go back and do it again, or does he? I can't remember, actually. Not over this. He does go back at some point to this, because he, remember, she talks about Kate Moss, and then he quotes her later. Oh, uh, yeah. We'll deal with that next week. So, yeah, it's, sorry. Hi. Hi. How are you? <laughs> and obviously, we've already talked about the uh, the age rating issue with the image in the background, which, it could have been any other picture. Like, it just seems such an odd choice. Especially when there isn't any other nudity in the film. Well, it's a deliberate choice. Yeah. Wait, so why? I don't know. To, I don't know, maybe because Tim's more vulnerable here, but I don't think of Kate Moss as vulnerable. No, I don't think that's the impression. That She's she been doing modeling like this since she was, like, a teenager. Apparently she had a problem with it when she was really young, but went forward with it. But that's how I think of Kate Moss. Yeah, like I don't know. It just it just seems like a very odd risk to take, really, for that. Yeah. So, Joshua, what are your overall thoughts of this minute? I actually really like the minute just because it's such a simple minute. There's not a lot going on in the minute, but it works really well. You get to know more of the characters. I feel. Hmm. Just in a small minute with nothing happening. Yeah, and I think this is actually quite, obviously, apart from your not knowing the time travel thing, this is quite a good series of minutes for someone who hasn't seen the film to get a good grasp still roughly as to what's going on. Because I've done movie by minutes on films I haven't seen, like Dave Made a Maze and 
haven't seen the social the social network in a long time before I did the social minute. So like, it can be really hard to figure out what's going on. And you got some great Kit Kat moments. Yeah. With her, you go girl, and snapping her fingers. I think if Kit Kat's there, you get great Kit Kat moments. Yeah. Like, she's not got a bad scene. Other than that, I don't know. So, uh, Robert, have you got any sort of final thoughts on this minute before we go straight on to the next minute? No, I think we've covered it. So we can go into the cupboard. Yes, so we can go into the cupboard and straight to our bonus minute. Joshua, what are your overall thoughts of the bonus minute that we gave you? Obviously, this was I watched this after the whole bit in the in the Kate Moss exhibit and things, so I wasn't sure where it fitted into the scene because obviously he seems to have met Mary for the first time in the exhibit, and then yeah. I flicked to this where he's meeting her again, so that was a bit confusing. But yeah, um, what I really liked was just the way the camera work was quite natural. Yeah, it didn't do too much fancy work or anything; it just wanted to show a love story. And it was almost like watching something like Big Brother rather than a film, which made it even more believable, for my mind anyway. I find it interesting that you said he met her first in the museum, because I'm wondering what made you think that was their first meeting. Yeah. Because, I mean, it is, but it isn't. And I'm... Well, it was for me, it's the fact that it was the bit that he looked at her, and he said, oh, that's her, that's her, and then he ran up to her, Yeah. and she's almost like looked as if she had never seen him before. Okay. So it was almost like he'd seen her passing or something and got this fatuation with that, and then that was the first time he'd actually got the nerve to go up and speak to her. Okay. So what about the... So when you originally thought about him deleting the number, though, so that would assume that they'd had some sort of interaction. Well, at that point, I didn't know which who was Mary. Oh, right, right. He doesn't say her name. Good point. Until you go back and watch Minute 25, yeah. So yeah, I guess so obviously we've talked mostly about minute twenty five anyway, so it's this is just focused on on your your views on it. So I mean what what do you sort of think of Mary as a character from these two minutes that you see her in? Well um in the going back slightly, in the um exhibit, it almost she's like this shy it it almost comes across that she's this shy, vulnerable girl that actually is quite nervous with herself to be around the way she's clutching her shoulder. And then when you watch Minute 25, you actually see Mary as more of a confident, excitable young woman who seems to have established herself more. So it was quite a contrast in the character. So I've got quite mixed feelings for her, to be fair. Hmm. Well, I think they obviously, they know each other better at this point, even though they're first seeing each other, because they've just had a, a, I don't think it's really a spoiler, it's one of the first scenes, They've had a a date in a in a blind restaurant, so they've been talking okay. for ages and not seen each other. So, I think it was a good way for Richard Curtis to get us to know the character without seeing them first, without judging a book by its cover. Really, yeah, I like that. Do you get to see? We don't see any of Vanessa Kirby in this minute, do we? No, she wandered off in minute twenty-four. So you don't you you don't get any of the character of Joanna. So Joshua, if you had to go back in time to any point in your life uh, to either relive it or change something about it, what point would that be? Oh no, that's a difficult question because there are so many. 
one for me would be it, it's growing up, and it, and it's it was when I first got into the acting industry, because for me I didn't push myself as much as I could have done, because at the end of the day I saw it as acting as a hobby. I didn't really I wanted to do it, but I didn't know how you'd get into it. So obviously, if I could change any moment in time, it'd be that initial when I was younger, just to go, you know what, this is what I want to do. Push yourself into it would be my change in life. Yes. Okay. And have you got any upcoming projects to promote? We tend to give you a little more time to promote things that are either out or coming out soon on the Friday episodes. Well, my most recent thing that I've released is Mind, which is he's actually doing quite well in America at the moment, which is um, quite a shock considering I released it in the UK because that's going around all the Amer- American film festivals such as the Golden Picture Awards, the LA Shorts, it's in. It's in quite a few American-based film festivals, so that's the one main thing, is mind, because it's all about mental illness and trying to raise awareness for that within males instead of it always being females, which is not a problem, but I just think there needs to be more about the male and that the fact they haven't always got to be strong. They've got to express their emotions as well just mm. as much as anybody else, and that's what this film's all about. That's the point with the same issue, actually, I had with... the. Uh... Similar to mental health, it, with an issue with my school when they would they had like this local theatre group come in and they were doing like these these several short plays about like sexual abuse, and it was always the woman who was getting abused, and it's like yes, that's probably more common, but yeah. I think we, despite just a passing comment saying oh yeah it can happen to guys too, well you know, express it a bit more. Because it's important and possibly more damaging to mental health, you know, with men don't get the representation of the problems that it's okay for them. Well, not okay, it's never okay, but it's fine for them to have, isn't it? How do I phrase it where it doesn't sound Most like it's definitely. normal? <laughs> it's okay for them to acknowledge that they have it. There we go. Thanks for saving me there, Robert. <laughs> so yeah, I, I saw mine. It was a, a really good film. So where can listeners find you on social media? So they can find me on Facebook under Joshua Griffiths, under Instagram under Joshua Griffiths 2, on Twitter at JoshJoshuG98, and they can see my films on YouTube under JGR Films and Vlogs with 2Gs. And Robert, what about you? Social media, Robert E.G. Black, or you can go to my website, lemmingdrops.com, for links to everything. And I'll try and not mess up my links. Uh, the listeners can find me on Twitter at Llama underscore Bottle Zero, on Instagram at The Ginger Luke, on Facebook at Luke Allen Film. Everything that I do, podcasts, short films, radio appearances, newspaper interviews, are all available at LukeAllen.co.uk. And you can find this show on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Two Men's About Time. Please join our Facebook group, The Cupboard, where we'll just talk about some podcasty stuff. Thanks so much for listening, and... A feeder in. That works. <laughs> I'll leave it there. The Two Minutes About Time theme is performed by Ethan O'Mahony and is a cover of the About Time theme originally composed by Nick Laird Close. Two Minutes About Time is a production of Lemming Drop Studios in association with Bottle O Productions. <laughs> <laughs>